Welcome to the High Prices Church Podcast. We hope you are blessed by today's sermon. Now, here's lead pastor, Chris Sestar. Mark chapter 5, beginning at verse 25. Now a certain woman had a flow of blood for 12 years and had suffered many things from many physicians. She had spent all that she had and was no better, but rather grew worse. But when she heard about Jesus, she came behind him in the crowd and touched his garment. For she said, if only I may touch his clothes, I shall be made well. And immediately the fountain of her blood was dried up. And she felt in her body that she was healed of the affliction. And Jesus, immediately knowing in himself that power had gone out of him, turned around in the crowd and said, Who touched me? Who touched my clothes? But his disciples said to him, You see the multitude thronging you, and you say, Who touched me? And he looked around to see her who had done this thing, but the woman, fearing and trembling, knowing what had happened to her, came and fell down before him, And told him the whole truth. And he said to her, daughter, your faith has made you well. Anybody feel the anointing that is inherent in the word of God? Your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be healed of your affliction. I've entitled this message, Reach Out and Touch Jesus. But if I gave it another title, it would just be simply have faith in God. You've been standing a while. Have a seat this morning. I want to jump right into this story. Jesus traveled to Capernaum, a city in Palestine, and was greeted by a large crowd of people. Now, I don't know how many people were there, but in your imagination, you try to figure out, you make, you make the crowd as big as you would like in your imagination. There was a man in that crowd. His name was Jairus. He was a ruler of a synagogue who stepped forward and begged Jesus to come to his house and heal his 12-year-old daughter who was dying. Jesus agreed to go, and so he started with Jairus, and this large crowd of people went with them. There was someone else in that crowd that day, a woman. I don't know how old she was. I have very few details about her. But the Bible does tell us that it was a woman with a flow of blood. The King James Version had her infirmity identified as an issue of blood. In our vernacular, we would say that she was having female problems. That's a a term that a lot of people are familiar with. For 12 years, she had been crippled, to use more of a medical phrase, by chronic menstrual flow. The bleeding would never stop. It brought her physical discomfort, so she had physical suffering. She lived daily with discouragement because she couldn't get better, so she had emotional suffering. It cost her all of her wealth, so she had financial suffering. It caused her to be ceremonially unclean. Thus, she was banned from going to the temple to worship God. She couldn't go to church. So she had spiritual suffering. I want to stop right here and say, 
I doubt if there's someone in this room that completely and exactly identifies with this woman in every aspect of her story. But I will venture to say that there are many people in this room, and those of you who are watching online, that you can identify with something in her story. Perhaps you are physically sick. Perhaps you have a chronic illness. Or maybe you're discouraged today because there is something going on in your life, in your marriage, in your family, at work, that every time you think you've got it resolved, something else happens and it goes back down in the trash can again and you're, you're in a state of discouragement. Maybe you've endured something that financially has drained your bank account, your savings account. You can't seem to get ahead. There's always more month than there is money. And so you're struggling financially. Perhaps in, through everything that you've gone through, your faith has been battered. Maybe you haven't been reading your Bible like you should. You haven't been praying like you should. Sometimes we, we set ourselves up for a faith fall because we stop doing the things that build us up in our faith. And so you feel like that you're struggling spiritually. I guarantee you that there are many of us who can identify in some ways with this woman. The story continues that she had been to the doctors and received medical treatment. I thank God for doctors. I thank God for nurses and medical personnel. We have a lot of those in this church. I know that God uses that sometimes when we're sick and we need healing. Years ago, an older preacher taught me something that I have preached for years, that doctors and nurses and medical personnel are ministers of mercy. It's a form of ministry. But this was not so in her case. In first century Palestine, the doctors were essentially quacks. And, and, and they didn't know what they're doing. And the medicine that they prescribed was useless. And so consequently, she had not grown better with any of the treatments. She had grown worse. She was a sick, financially struggling, discouraged desperate woman with a hopeless condition. Do you get the picture? And then this woman came to Jesus. Somewhere she had heard of the man from Galilee. Somewhere somebody had told her, have you heard about this guy named Jesus? He's a healer. He's a miracle worker. They say he's open blinded eyes. They say he has encountered deaf people and unstopped their ears and they can hear again. They tell us that people with crooked limbs in their body have had their limbs straightened out. And lame people who had not walked for years, who had to have crutches like me, suddenly don't need the crutches anymore because there is healing in their body and they can walk and run and jump they say he can do all kinds of things. She heard about him, but now he comes to her town. And so she goes to where he is, and she sees him for herself. She hears him for herself, and when she sees him and hears him, she moves her faith from the efforts of man to the power of the Son of God. 
I feel the Holy Ghost right now. I'm telling you this morning, whatever you do, get your eyes on Jesus. If you could just get your eyes on Jesus, we get our eyes on our circumstance. We get our eyes on our problems. We get fixated on the thing that is causing us the difficulty and we can't sleep at night and it's always on our mind and we wake up early and it's plaguing us and tormenting us. But I'm telling you, my God, I got to stay on this stool. But if you can just get your eyes on Jesus, everything will change. Your demeanor will change. Your, your, your outlook will change. Your perspective will change. Everything will change. Your faith will go up if you can just get your eyes on Jesus. I don't know if I should tell this or not, but I'm going to tell it. There's a young man in our church. He's a fine young man. But he's had a difficult life. I'm talking about a very young man. We'll leave it at that. And he talked to me recently. It was sort of a chance encounter. And he, and he just let me know, this very, very, very young man, that he is an atheist. He doesn't believe in, in God. And he wanted to have some conversations about some things, dealing with science and whatever. And he, he wanted to go that route. And he was very sincere. I love the fact he wasn't antagonistic. If you're not antagonistic, I'll talk with you all day long. But the more we talked, he had really studied some of these issues. And I finally said, look, I'm not a scientist. I'm a preacher. And I said, but when you're done with all of that, that's not going to do anything for your eternal soul. And I said, let me just say something to you. You know, he was, he was pretty solid about what he believed. I said, let me just say something to you. I said, this has happened to other people who claim to be atheists. And I said, I'm believing with all my heart it's going to happen to you. I said, one day, someplace, somewhere, somehow, I said, God's going to show up in your life. And he's going to reveal himself to you. And it's going to be so real and so strong and so spiritual and beyond the rationale that you're going to say, there is a God. And in that split second, that fine young man, he's a fine young man looked at me and his whole demeanor changed and all the spitfire went out from his argument and he looked at me with hope. I wish you could have been there. Just And he said, really? He said, do you really believe that will happen? I said, yes, it will happen to you. And our conversation ended. But I left that man, young man, fine young man, with hope. Some... Locked to this chair. Sometimes you're not going to argue your way through your problem. You're not going to resolve it through human effort. You're not going to rationalize your way. You're not going to Google your way to the answer. Sometimes you just got to get in a prayer closet and fix your eyes on Jesus and say, it's not my brother, it's not my sister, but it's me, oh Lord, that is standing in the need. I've got to have you. Help me, Lord. This woman fixed her eyes on Jesus, but she did more than that. She exercised faith. I just, when the Lord dealt with me, y'all come here every day. I'm like a chef in a kitchen, y'all. I cook you a meal every Sunday morning. And I just have to cook whatever God tells me is on the menu for that day. The menu today, God said, I want you to preach on the woman with the issue of blood, and I, and I want you to preach on faith. I said, okay, I can do that. And I've got sermons on this. I just sat down and wrote out a fresh sermon. God just gave me fresh revelations. Tell me what you want me to say. I just read the text. I let the text. You don't have to make this stuff up. It's right there in your Bible. What kind of faith did this woman have? 
First of all, I'll give you three things because preacher love three, preachers love threes. Number one, she had a faith that was mixed with hope. Can I teach you something today? Would you like to grow in your faith? All right, faith and hope go together. Faith and hope are like peanut butter and jelly, Batman and Robin. Okay, faith and hope always go together. We talk about faith all the time, faith, 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 but we always have to have hope. Let me show you what this woman did. She said, if I can touch, let me give you what she said. It's important for me to transition here. If you read the synoptic gospels, which are Matthew, Mark, and Luke, John is a, it has a different, totally different set of, of, of approach to Jesus' life and ministry. But Matthew, Mark, and Luke have a lot of parallel passages. If you read Matthew and Luke, where here it says she said, if I can just touch his clothes, there she said, I can, if I can just touch the hem of his garment. So I'm going to preach that because I'm going to come back to it. She said, if I can touch the hem of his garment, that's faith. Then she said, I shall be made well. That's hope. See, we pray prayers with wishful thinking. God, I'm going to ask for this. I know maybe you might do it. Maybe you don't. I don't know. I'm really half-hearted coming here, Lord. But, you know, I figured I'd give you a chance. I'm giving everybody else a chance. That's not faith and hope. That's playing the lottery. But when you come to the God who is and you say, I've read your word, I've read your promises, I know who you are and what you can do. If I can just touch the hem of his garment, she said, not I might, I maybe, I possibly. She said, I shall be made well. We have got to get to the point where when we pray and ask God for things in faith, we leave and get up out of the, out of the prayer closet, out of the altar, off of our knees, and we walk away with hope and expectation. Come on, somebody. I'm trying to teach you how to walk with Jesus. We're not playing the lottery. We're not rolling the dice in a crapshoot. This is God Almighty. Let God be true and every man a liar. And you've got to walk away saying he can and he will. If you need something from the Lord, I encourage you to come this morning with faith and hope. You need to come saying, if I can just get to Jesus. See, that's faith. I will be healed. That's hope. If I can just get in a prayer closet and get a prayer through, that's faith. My miracle will come. That's hope. If the pastor or the church elders can anoint me with oil and pray for me as God said they should, that's faith. Then I will be made whole. That's hope. You've got to have faith and hope. If, if I can get to Jesus, I'll get better. If I can get to Jesus, I'll get the answer to my question. If I can get to Jesus, I'll get the solution to my problem. If I can get to Jesus, I'll get the breakthrough that I'm longing for. If I can just get to Jesus, I'll get the opportunity that I'm needing so desperately. If I can just get to Jesus, I'll be set free from my bondage. I'll be saved from my sins. I'll get baptized with the Holy Spirit. My marriage will get better. My kids will straighten up. The pain in my heart will go away. I'll finally have peace of mind. If I can just get to Jesus, I'll stop worrying about tomorrow. I'm preaching right now. I wish somebody just give God praise in this house. I'm acting like a Pentecostal because I am. Hallelujah. It was, it was a faith that was coupled with hope. Y'all, we got to move our faith into a stage of faith and hope. Amen? Y'all with me? Y'all gonna do this? Okay. It was an audacious faith. Risky faith. 
Jesus was certain to have worn, scholars believe, a cape or a cloak with four corners, a blue border, and fringes that indicated his position as a rabbi and teacher. The hem of his garment represented his authority to those who saw it. She believed that if she could just touch the hem of his garment, which for her was the focal point of his authority, God would heal her body. But it was risky. Because due to her medical condition, according to the law of Moses, she was not, she was ceremonially unclean. So she wasn't supposed to be in crowds. <laughs> because if she touched anyone, they would become ceremonially unclean too. So when she went into the crowd that day, bumping and jostling with all of these people, she risked being recognized by someone. She risked being called out. Hey, you're not supposed to be here. You've got, they would, they would have called it out. She risked being, she risked being arrested for breaking the law. She risked being, risked being stoned for breaking the law of Moses. There were these things, this law that, by the way, is fulfilled in Christ. The law never stops you from coming, doesn't stop you from coming to Jesus. The law leads you to Jesus. What the Bible says. But in this case, the law could have stopped her from coming to Jesus if she'd have got all wrapped up in what the law said. She'd have stayed home and never been there that day. But you know what she did instead? She took a chance with God. She made up her mind she wasn't going to allow religious rules to keep her away from the Lord. She would not be discouraged. Listen, I just want to tell you that anybody can talk themselves out of a miracle. Anybody can talk themselves out of even just praying and asking the Lord for a miracle. Anyone can choose to speak words of doubt. However, it is a man or woman of faith that determines to go to God and pray and say, let's just see what the Lord wants to do. You can say, God won't do it for me. I'm afraid to go up front and be prayed for. I know someone who prayed one time and they didn't get their healing. What if I pray and nothing happens? Get rid of these laws that you're setting up. You're setting them up as laws. Get rid of them. Take a chance on God. Get in the altar. Pray. Have faith. What have you got to lose? Your condition? Your heartache? Your marital troubles? You, you, the torment in your mind from these thoughts that just won't, that won't seem to go away? You got a lot to lose if you'll just take a chance with Jesus. Your sin? Your backslidden condition? It was faith mixed with hope. It was an audacious faith. It was a persistent faith. She couldn't simply sneak up behind Jesus as, you know, as if he was standing by himself and just run up and touch it real quick and hurry up and run away. She had to push her way through a large crowd. I know that she was probably very weak because of her condition. The loss of blood makes you anemic. But she fought her way through that crowd. It was the greatest challenge, but she wouldn't quit. She didn't quit. She wouldn't give in. She wouldn't give up. There is a verse in the Bible that I want to bring to you today that complements my preaching. It's Hebrews 11.6. 6. 
But without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is. Look here, church. And that he is a rewarder, a remunerator. He always pays up. A rewarder of those who what? Passively seek him, half-hearted seek him, pray one time and quit seeking him. No, it says who those who diligently seek him. You got to ask and keep on asking. You got to seek and keep on seeking. You got to knock and keep on. You have to tell God, I'm not going to let go until you bless me. I'm not going to let go until you answer my prayer. I'm not going anywhere. You're stuck with me. I'm going to trust you until the promise comes to pass in my life. When I was thinking of this, I thought about an Old Testament character named Naaman. Naaman wasn't even a believer in Jehovah. Naaman was the commander of the Syrian army, and he had leprosy, some kind of skin disease. In their raids into Israel, they were an enemy of Israel back in the day. This is in, I think, 2 Kings um, chapter 5. He had, they had captured a little Israelite girl, taken her back as a captain. She'd become a servant to his wife. Well, one day, talking to, his, to, to, to Sister Naaman, Mrs. Naaman, she said, oh, that my, that my master could just get to the prophet in Israel. If he could just get to the prophet in Israel, he could heal him. So Naaman loads up an entourage, loads up gifts and money, and he goes to Israel looking for Elisha, and he finds him. He goes to his house, and the servant, Gehazi, Elisha's servant, says, there's, there's, a, there's, there's a commander of the army out there, Naaman, uh, he, he wants you to heal him. And old Elisha wouldn't even go outside and talk to him. He said, you go tell him that the Lord says, Jehovah says, that if he'll just go out to the Jordan River and dip seven times in the Jordan River, that God will heal him. So Gehazi goes out and tells him, well, that ticks him off because he's got an ego, and he expected Elisha to come out and chant incantations and wave his hands over him and, you know, do a big, big hoopla and he won't even come out and talk to him. That, that just that, that hurt his feelings. He went And then he tells him to go dip in the muddy Jordan. He starts ranting and raving and spitting. I mean, he's fussing and cussing and upset. His servants finally calm him down. And they say, look, if that man of God would have told you to go fight a battle, you would have done it. If he'd have told you to do something mighty, you would have done it. He's just telling you to go dip in the river. What have you got to lose? They calmed him down, and he went into that river, waded in that muddy, nasty river. And he dipped under the water, and he came up now soaking wet, and he looked, and he still had the skin disease. And he yelled on the shore and said, see? They said, but that's only one time. Do it again. So he dipped under the second time, and he came up. Nothing's happening, they said, but that's only two times. Do it again. So he went down the third time, came up. I'm telling you, this is not working. You've only done it three times. Do it again. Fourth, fifth, sixth time. Before I tell you what happened, let me show you something that ought to stand out to you. And I put it in my notes this way. He had to have faith, diligent faith, through seven different phases over an extended period of time. People. If he doesn't answer your, his, your prayer on your calendar, don't give up. Just say, I'll yield to your calendar. 
If he doesn't do it by your schedule, say, then I'll yield to your schedule, God. You just keep on praying. You just keep. And so he went down the sixth time. Came out, I'm telling you, I'm filthy. This river's nothing's out. But you've only got one more time to go do it, commander. And he went down under that water the seventh time and came up. And when he did, he may have been soaking wet, but the healing power of Jehovah went through that man's body. And whatever was wrong with his skin, it all disappeared. And his flesh was as normal as ours. And he came up out of that bank saying, there is a God. Jehovah is real. He really does seal. He really does change lives. He is real. And he worshiped Jehovah. I'm telling you today, if the devil's trying to talk you out of your faith, you tell the devil to get away. Here's what you need to do. Have some do-it-again faith. Just pray one more time. You say, Pastor, I prayed about my situation. Billy needs to be out here in an organ right now. I prayed about my situation 15 times. Well, go pray the 16th time because it might be the 16th time when you get your miracle. It might be the 17th time when you get your healing. It might be the 18th time when God brings that lost boy or girl home and you see them come back to it might be the 19th time when Houston gets up and starts walking in a hospital when the doctors told him that he wouldn't do anything. My God, somebody ought to praise him in this house. Hey! My God, I feel that shell on me. Hey! Come on, stand with me. I need to quit preaching. <laughs> do it again. Do it again. I've already been to the altar. Do it again. I've already had the elders lay hands on me. Do it again. I, you don't know how many times I, pray, I told the life group, I need you to pray for this. Tell them again. Do it again. Because God is a God who will answer when he's good and ready. You know what she found out that day? Here's the story. I got to preach this. She touched him. And when she did, healing power went out of Jesus. Flowed through her body. And instantly she was healed. She knew she was healed. You'll know it when God touches you. You'll know it when things turn around. You'll know it when there's a change in your circumstance. And then she wanted to sneak off. And Jesus said, hey, who touched me? Peter said, everybody's touching you. You're getting jostled in this large crowd. What do you mean who touched me? He said, no, not that kind of touch. There's a different kind of touch. Somebody touched Somebody touch me with faith. Somebody touch me with hope. Somebody touch me with an expectation. I just felt power, virtue, the anointing flow out of me. Do you know, some of you can testify to this, there are many people, millions of people who have been healed by God and oftentimes when that virtue flows, they'll describe it like this. It happens over and over. It feels like warm, liquid honey. I felt it go through me like warm liquid honey. I don't know why it's honey. Today, some of you may feel warm liquid honey surge through your being. But all you have to do is believe. You know what we learn from this story? He can be touched and you can touch him. I haven't been saved long enough. Oh, yes, you have. He can be touched, and you can touch him. I didn't grow up Pentecost like you did, Pastor. That doesn't, that doesn't have one thing to do with anything. You just have faith, and he can be touched, and you can touch him. 
But pastor, I don't even know if I can get my hand up. It has been so long. This thing has worn me down. Oh, yes, you can. He'll give strength to the weary. They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. I'm telling you, you can do it one more time. You, he can be touched, and you can touch him this morning. I want everybody in this house that if you say, Pastor Chris, I have something going on in my life. You have preached to me. I'm in a battle. I'm having physical problems. There's struggles in my marriage. There's struggles in my family. Struggles at work. Financial problems. Relational problems. Spiritually, I need a touch from God. I want you to get out of your seat. And I believe we're going to fill these altars. Thanks for listening. Be sure to join us Sunday mornings in person or online at 10 a.m. For more information or to watch our services online, please visit us at www.highpraises.org or check us out on social media.